Hallelujah. Good to see a few extra faces that weren't here when I first started out, but um, God bless you. Glad that you made it along this morning. We're um, uh, just started out on a series, and you know we like to. Um, I'm serious about series, and um, we uh, tend to sort of keep uh, uh, on a subject until the Lord says when, and then move on to uh, uh, something else that He's impressing upon our hearts. But um, how many appreciate the fact that they are loved by a living God? You know, we we got into that little theme last week, and uh, it just sort of seemed to come across. Uh, most of what we were doing, uh, 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 even leading up to the message, and um, you know, as believers, we need to be we need to be quite persuaded about that, that we serve a living God, but not just a living God, a loving God, and that uh, that uh, expression of God's life to us um, came through clearly in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, it came through clearly that. You know, he was show, uh, what was it? A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Wow. I mean, you could just make a big difference in your life right there if we started to really do that. Loving one another as God loved us. Right there, that makes a difference. Right there, that makes you shine in the dark. And you know what? I'd be the first one to say it's difficult. <laughs> it's hard to love like God loves. But that's what we're called to. And we're into this series because we want to lay down some foundations that gets us to that place of realising that that's what he's calling us to. That's what he has. When he said, a new commandment I give unto you, he was serious because he knew what a difference that would make in society and lives and families, marriages, just conducted a marriage last weekend. I don't know that I mentioned too much about that, but I did conduct a marriage last weekend and uh, uh, was there. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty exciting time. I think the, uh, there was a bit of a meal had by some of the March flies that were there as well, and um, they were there for the reception as uh, guests as well. Didn't matter what kind of aerosol you were wearing, they weren't interested. They were just they wanted the food, and we were it. And uh, so I'm, I'm, along with a few, uh, sporting a few marks and, uh, and uh, scars from their mealtime. Um, but uh, I, I praise the Lord that we're all healed and whole and uh, everyone's okay uh, from that. But Chris Iquin was married uh, last um, uh, uh, Saturday and I just want to... Uh, acknowledge uh, Eduardo and Sione Iquin, uh, mum and dad there, who, uh, let's just put our hands together. I think, I think sometimes we need to congratulate mum and dad because it's such a big thing for mum and dad as well. I saw the, probably the first person I saw when I arrived for the wedding was Eduardo and he had perspiration all over him. He was working hard, going here, going there, going that, uh, everywhere. But, you know, um, in, in weddings I like to, I like to, impress upon a couple in the pre-counselling sessions that I have with them about the importance of God's love in their marriage. I talk about the threefold cord that's not easily broken. You know, that that love that we've been loved with is what's going to make a marriage strong. When we love each other the same way, and we better implement it into, into our, um, our marriages 
Because one of the first things that gets challenged is that ability, isn't it? To love like God loves. That means uh, loving um, with a long-suffering. That means overlooking faults in each other. Rose, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say, Rose has to overlook my faults. <laughs> Not that there's many, but, but she... she <laughs> She does have to overlook my faults, and I have to overlook her faults as well. And my, my love for her continues because of a decision, not because of a feeling. And, you know, sometimes I've married, I don't know how many times I've conducted marriages, but I'll tell you what, some of that's a bit of a revelation for newly couples that are kind of just in love. You know what I mean? They're, you know, they're just... We're in love and we just need to be married. And uh, you bring them down to earth as far as Christian truth is concerned when you start to talk about, well, actually agape love is the unconditional love. So in other words, I'm going to love you unconditionally no matter how you look, no matter how you behave, no matter what you say, no matter how much you irritate me. Come on, I'm really getting into the truth now. Come on. Uh, and a few married couples at least helping me here, all right? Uh, we're going to love like God loved us. And really, you know, we're into this subject because that is a foundation for where we're going uh, in this series. Um, you know, we need to get on a hold and a grasp on this truth that he loves us so specially. You see, that that's when it becomes more than a, a, a biblical truth, but personal truth. And we've got to get a hold of that. That's when we live as God's family. Now, if you remember uh, rightly, uh, what we saw last week is that it's important to have faith for the love of God extended toward us. Okay? We need to have uh, that faith for that love that's extended toward us. John 3.16 helps us uh, to see that God's love was extended to us all. And uh, in John, uh, John 3.16... Um, uh, we, we see those well-known verses. Most people can quote this and just say it off by heart, but we'll just look at it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, not his intention, but that the world through him might be saved. People in the world, people who haven't come into a personal relationship with Jesus, struggle with God's love that's so intentional. That he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but he came into the world that we might be saved. And that's his love in full extension to us. Unconditional love. And we see grace um, in that as well. That's right. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. The law of Moses, get this, had already done that. True? True? The law, of Mo, the law of Moses had already done that. There's, no, there's none righteous, no, not one, where uh, Paul tells us in the book of Romans. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the Lord. We're all in the same boat. We needed a saviour. We needed Jesus to go to the cross for us. And the law was designed to have the same impact on everyone. It was so that the world would know God's judgment of guilty. For each and every person. 
That's what the law was there for. I'll just look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. We'll see it there. Now we, know that, uh, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And in the problem of our guilt and sinfulness, God does not reject us. He does not leave us trying to be good and doing the best we can, trying to measure up and merely hoping that on the day of judgment, he'll at least be merciful with us. Doesn't leave us in that condition. No, he had a solution. In fact, that solution goes right back to the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain. Amen? That's something to get excited about, by the way. You know, that's something to, again, just uh, warm our hearts with at just how much God loves us. That he even made provision for our salvation before the foundation of the world. I don't know what the foundation of the world looked like, but I've got a sense that it was just God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And they were there. And we're saying, and that in being able to see forward and see what would transpire, said, Lamb slain. Jesus put his hand up and said, I'll do it. Have you ever thought about that? Wow. Pastor Jun's smiling. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? Uh, just thinking about that sometimes is mind boggling, but God did it. He sends us his son. And I like that. When he's got a problem, he'll send a son. He fixes things with sons and daughters. They go out with his heart, you see. Just, just, just be reminded about that. Sons and mature sons and daughters fix things, build things, get things done because they're seeing the father's heart. Understand that about that, that level of maturity of sons and daughters. He sends us his son. He loved us by sending Jesus, who we now know went to the cross of Calvary to bear our sin, not just to cover it, but to take our sin away. God's love for us is expressed, not just in that he died for us, but also in the gift of righteousness that he's given us as we believe that Jesus died for us and rose again. That point of salvation. When we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. You know, that gift of righteousness is, is uh, presented and, uh, and uh, uh, given to us. You know, our inability to measure up is taken care of. I don't know anyone else, but I'm kind of glad about that. It takes all the pressure off, doesn't it? You know, that, that inability to shape up and just be perfect uh, in my own power, no longer my problem. That's the gospel. Our good works that we present to try and achieve that will never satisfy the requirement of the law for righteousness. Right standing with God can only come through faith. Amen? That's what our statement of faith says, believe it or not. That's what our statement of faith, you can go on the website and read it. Nothing else is going to do it. But our right standing with God, that can only come through faith. Romans uh, chapter 3 and verse 21 says, But now... The righteousness of God, apart from the law, 
is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through, get this, through faith in Jesus Christ. To all and on all who, what? Believe. Are there any believers in the house this morning? Good, good. We've got believers putting hands up. Amen. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I tell you, we need him. Because it says very clearly, all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ and him only. So it's not Jesus plus. It's just Jesus. Amen. The redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And the life that we're now called to live out now is one of great confidence toward God. That's where we should be. Like you and I uh, have when we're among family. I got around family while I was on holidays. I like getting around my family. I might not see them for a whole year, but when I get around them, I'm not intimidated. You know, like I'm not worthy to be there among my family. Of my family and I'm, I'm, I'm just like I was the year before, just yeah, happy because I know that I'm loved by my family. They overlook things about me. <laughs> and I tell you, I overlook things about them as well, all right? <laughs> just let you know. <laughs> I'll walk in love toward them as well, you know, so praise the Lord. But um, among family, we know that we're accepted for who we are. All the faults, all the things that, you know, maybe we haven't got quite right. And I tell you, family know you better than you do sometimes. They know your blind sides, don't they? You know, things that you don't necessarily see about yourself. Your family see it. <laughs> and they let you know too. And, um, and those are, are, are moments where you get to take a look at yourself. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 to 6, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. If you don't feel blessed you need to read your Bible again. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, we already talked about that, to be holy and blameless in his presence, in love. I want to see you seeing that where it says in love. In love. That's his love. Amen. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Always say sons and daughters. Don't feel left out, ladies. Sons and daughters, whenever it says sons, it's talking about sons and daughters. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the beloved one. So again, we're all talking about what we attain to in Christ, what we've, what we've gained in, in Jesus. And we're to live like we're in the family of God in love. We're loved by a loving heavenly father. He has adopted us into his family. Romans 8, 15 speaks of receiving the spirit of adoption. And you know, I can say in all honesty, uh, you know, having had enough time to reflect on past ministry, things, you know, I've been involved in, things I've been in called to, things I've, you know, uh, put my hand up to do in ministry. I tell you, I have to say, there's nothing that excites me more than to see the spirit of adoption at work in people's lives. People who, who are being touched by the spirit of God in a way that you know he's drawing them into his family. The spirit of adoption, you know, where there's, where there's tears 
that they can't explain. You know, we, we've seen it so, you know, so many times in this church and, and uh, 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 love that experience so much and pray about that because what God's doing, he's bringing people into his transformation. He wants transformation. He wants you to go on being uh, uh, full of life, not full of religion. Amen? And there's a big difference. You see, so often Christians go off on a bit of a track. It's, it's, it's a sidetrack. It's, oh, I, 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 these are the things I do. I'm a Christian. I have to do these things, etc., etc. But there's not a lot of life in it. You see? And we've got to watch that. And correct ourselves and, and, and press into God's heart and his love for us and, you know, find that sweet spot again. That sweet spot's so important. Um, you know, it's where the transformation occurs is in that sweet spot of just that close heart connection. The spirit of adoption, I love it. It's a starting point for some where they again uh, begin to allow the Lord to, to work in their heart. You know, I believe we are talking about it just yesterday down at the service station. You know, rededication, where you again, you open your heart to the Lord afresh and say, Lord, I, wanna, I just want to be right in the centre of things with you again, Lord. I've kind of gotten off track. And, um, and, you know, that's the cry of many people's hearts. They know that they're not quite doing what they should be doing. And, uh, and they know that they need to come back into his, into his uh, uh, pathways. Again, we see that um, a terminology that defines us as family in that scripture, a people that can call him dad or daddy, you know, and uh, because he loved us in, in Christ Jesus. First uh, John and verse uh, 3, verse 1, we looked at it last week. I just want to share it again. It says, uh, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Behold, what manner of love. In other words, look at that. He's loved us so much that he calls us sons and daughters. He's adopted us into his family. And, you know, it's not just so that we can turn up uh, uh, for church on Sunday with, you know, that, that sense of I'm now a Christian. It's so that we can know his transformation in our lives. And, you know, we need to continue to find, you know, that, that well of transformation that's available to each and every one of us and actually drink of it, you know, because he wants transformation in our lives and he wants us to continually uh, be transformed and keep uh, uh, in that flow. We're never going to be the people that our heavenly father designed us to be until we know and believe the love that God has for us. And of course what will help us in times of trial and trouble uh, is if we know that God loves us as much as he loved Jesus. You ever thought about that? He loved you just as much as he loved Jesus. Now that's something that we've got to work on a little bit because the scriptures are very, very clear on it and, uh, and Jesus prayed out of that in John 17. And we looked at it last week, I want you to see it again. John 17, verse 22 to 24, it says, I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfectly united so that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them just as you love me. What a great prayer. Wow. And that was for us. 
our confidence in the day of adversity, whatever adversity might look like for you, circumstances you might be facing, situations that are adverse to you, is that we're loved by a loving God. That's a, that's a fallback position. Where you're trying to go, where's God in this? Your fallback position is, I'm greatly loved by God. That's a great fallback position. In fact, God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. That's fresh, isn't it? As a, 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 just as the concept of where to fall back to when you're facing impossible situations and circumstances. Here's one. Fall back to that place where you start to remind yourself how much God loves you. Wow. You are at such a disadvantage to receive what God has for you if you are still in doubt and unbelief regarding his love for you. I'll say that again. You're in such disadvantage to receive what God has for you if you're still in doubt and unbelief regarding his love for you. You know what you're going to do? If you're not feeling his love for you, you're going to try and compensate. And that's going to take many forms. You're going to pull things up and which maybe make you look good. You're going to do things, you're going to do works, you're going to do a whole range of things, and a lot of it is going to be subliminal, meaning it's unconscious. You don't even know you're doing it. Like what I was talking about a little bit, you need your family to you know, give you a little bit of a slap because they know you best. So don't do that. You're doing, stop that. You know, kick under the table from Rosemary, you know, at a dinner table um, thing because, you know, I'm doing something, I'm not even aware I'm doing it. God the Father is faithful to his family. He's always going to be there. He'll never let us down. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amen? Never leave us nor forsake us. There's something that we can just be absolutely, totally confident about. Romans 8 and verse 31, it says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Had anyone come against you? No hands going up, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that's all of you. Okay, one, one hand good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's all of you, you know, or all of us, people coming against us. Who is it that is against you at the moment? Someone motivated and, and, and um, driven by perhaps an oppressing spirit. Yeah, that's right. You've got to see the enemy's hand in some of that, some of that uh, adversity that comes from people. We've got to see that there's, a, there's a, a kingdom of darkness out there and, of course, their weapons are aimed at God's people. And so often it comes through people, you know. We need to see that the works of darkness in, in, in such opposition, we need to see that it's not them. And see that God's love for us will ensure that we're victors and not victims. And that we can overcome evil with good. Um, had occasion, I don't often sort of stand up and make a strong stand for righteousness and godliness and all of those things in public places, but I did yesterday down at the shops. And um, 
there was a staff member there who was, let's just say, waxing eloquent uh, in their language. Okay, they were uh, just dropping them left, right and centre and loud. And there was families and little kids in the particular area and I was there for about a minute and I thought, boy, that needs to stop. And then I was there for about two minutes and I thought, I'm going to stop this, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and, and just felt like I was the person that needed to step up and say something. I didn't want to see the person lose their job, so I didn't feel like I needed to go to the manager and say something, but I felt to say something. And, um, you know, what I could see was that here's a person motivated by darkness in the, things that, in the way that they're behaving. And so I went up and said, could you keep that down, please? And I got a very, very angry look back. I said, could you keep that language down? There are families and children all around you, and we really don't need to hear that. And uh, I didn't think he was ready for that. And uh, to be honest, I wasn't ready for the look that he <laughs> then gave me. Um, as, uh, you know... But I, I, I went away praying, and Johnson will be my witness, I went away praying that that spoke to him. You know, that it wasn't that I spoke to him, but that spoke to him, that someone would say, hey, look around you. People don't need to hear that language, you know. And, um, you know, I went through Bible college as a taxi driver in my third year. I've heard enough language to, you know, keep me going for the rest of my life you know, bad language, it's not that it totally offends me, but it's, it's, it's just not what you want to hear when you're at the shops, you know, and uh, getting your groceries. And so anyway, I believe, what I really believe is if we don't stand for something, we'll, we'll fall for anything. And it's just those moments where we start to see those values in society being eroded, that really, someone needs to stand up. No, why not, why shouldn't it be the church? You know, why, why shouldn't it be us that actually says some things and, um, and face the consequences sometimes if we do get a, you know, a negative reaction? But um, I, I just prayed that that man would go away thinking about that and, uh, and, and, and maybe make some changes. Romans um, uh, 8 and verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? Stop and think about that. You know that, uh, I think I said it last week, that some, some, some believers, even in this congregation, are having thoughts about themselves that God's not even having toward you. Think about that. And that really then should, should speak to us about the kinds of Thoughts we should be having about others, about other people. It should stop us from having condemning thoughts about others. You know, someone said, I think a Bible college teacher used to say to us, he'd say, when you're pointing the finger at someone, there's three pointing right back at you, you know. So, you know, who are we to judge? We don't know what people are going through sometimes. Look what it says. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies End of story. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Hey, that's good news. 
He is making intercession for us. What's God doing right now? What, what, what's happening in the throne room of grace is Jesus is praying for us. Thought about that? Wow. Jesus is praying for us. Meaning, uh, uh, we're always in good hands. Just when you think that you're just unsure of what God might be doing, just know this, he's praying for you, interceding for you. And, and of course, what we should do is we should just rest in his love for us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 7 and verse 24 to 25, it says this, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. And we should stand in awe at how Jesus is about to go through the trial of his life, go back into the Garden of Gethsemane and those events that are leading up to it, about to be condemned to die the death of the cross. And his loving heart is turned toward Peter, who is being probed by the enemy, as the enemy does, looking for that weakness, looking for that lack of, of intentionality to do right and do good. The enemy's probing, looking, you know. Uh, he, he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, you know the scriptures. And Jesus sees it by the Spirit, and his heart is to still love him. His heart is to still love him. See this, people that are struggling uh, in their commitment. God's heart is to still love them. Peter's about to deny Jesus three times, just once, three times. And Jesus sees it for what it is. It's just an attack from the enemy, Peter. But I'm going to pray for you. Ever thought about that when you're dealing with people that are really going through bad places? I'm going to pray for you. Because I tell you what, that's what God's doing. He's praying for them as they go through bad places. Luke chapter 22. We'll just have a quick little look at that. We're getting close to finish. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 34. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. It wasn't just going to get started on Peter. He's going to get start getting on the rest of the disciples as well. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Lord, said Peter, I'm ready to go with you even to prison and to death. It was a great declaration from Peter. <laughs> but Jesus replied, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you've denied three times that you know me. Because Peter's denial of Jesus is not enough for him to be rejected. And we should see that. Romans 8 verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now, these are conditions that, some of these are conditions that not many people face in this day and age. Certainly, last time someone waved a sword at me, I have to really think, you know. Or nakedness. Um because I didn't have clothes or anything like that. But, you know, it's, it's talking about what's going to separate us from the love of Christ. None of those conditions are going to separate us from the love of Christ. And let's not miss this, uh, miss this, because what helps us in perilous times is that we are loved by our living God. Amen? He's alive and well. 
And he's praying for you right now as we speak. Each and every single one of us. He's praying for us, interceding for us. He's on our side. Look what it says. It will go on. It says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. That's what makes you a conqueror. The fact that God loved you. And still loves us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, this is getting into the spiritual warfare side of things, nor angels or principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come. Verse 39, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And these verses, as I say, these verses cover spiritual warfare really, really well. What goes on around us is that spiritual warfare that so often where the enemy is trying to probe, trying to bring a weakness, trying to undo something that's um, important for the kingdom. Never make the mistake of thinking that any trouble you go through is because of God's lack of love for you. You have to stop yourself right there and renew your mind to God's love for you. If circumstances you've experienced have discouraged you, huh, there's an answer. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Scriptures, what the Scriptures say about His love for you. If circumstances you've experienced have taken you down a track, get back on track. This is time. This is time to do that. Get back on track with God. Remind yourself today that God's love for you is constant. He's not going to falter in His love towards you. You might have to still correct some of your ways, but his love for you is going to just be exactly the same. And I heard it said this, this way. Some of you need to hear this. God's never going to love you any more in your life than what he already does. So there's nothing more that you can do to get God to love you more than what he already does. That should make, make this. People should be running down the altar right now just excited about that fact. That he's not going to love you any more than what he already loves you right now. Amen. That's exciting. It's constant. It's not a wavering thing. Position yourself by faith to receive the answer that God has for you in your situation, in your adversity. Look, I tell you this, his grace is sufficient for you. That's it, it, what you need from your heavenly father is already extended toward you. Receive it by faith. Just take it and say, it's mine, I have it. It belongs to me and I'm walking in it. And you watch. You say, how long will it take until the answer comes? Well, it doesn't say. But it doesn't say how long it will take until you have the, the manifestation right there. But it, whatever it will be, it won't take forever. So just stand in faith. You say, how long do I have to stand in faith for? Until you receive it. Just that simple. Until you receive it, until you're walking in it. The position to return to is the position of faith. It's the place of confident expectation. Where no matter how things look, you will conquer, you will overcome. And um, let him lead you. The Bible says that he always leads us in triumph. Amen? Amen. I might ask the worship team to come on up. Some of you are, uh, I believe, just maybe stirred in your heart a little bit about some some things in there that, that um, I believe the Lord's maybe brought to your attention afresh. And uh, I really would think that he wants you to meditate on those things a little bit further.
Maybe go to the scriptures. Maybe write a few scriptures down during the week that just reveals his great love for you, that reminds you of his great love for you, that he loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. And, uh, and remind yourself that it's not about your good behaviour or good, your good works or, or how much of a big dent you're putting in it, but his love for you that was expressed at the cross. That unconditional love is something that you need to embrace afresh for your life. And, um, and I tell you, because we're getting onto it, it's the foundation for loving others. Amen. Why don't we all stand to our feet? I'm just going to pray before we uh, uh, continue in worship. Father, we thank you today, Lord God, for your word. And Lord God, um, we thank you for its passage into our lives, Father, that um, Lord, it's, it's like no other thing, your word, Father. And Lord, we thank you today that the entrance of your word gives us light, Lord God, light that, that we can walk out our lives with, Lord, walk out this year with, Father. And so, Lord, we just, again, just um, submit ourselves to you, Father, for, for further revelation, for, for a greater sense, Lord God, of if there's foundations uh, in our life that need to just be shored up a little bit, just given a little bit further strength concerning your love for us. Lord, we pray, we pray right now in Jesus' name, Father, that those would be revealed and that we would go to your word, Lord God, and, and be reassured. And even, even in our... Um, our fellowship time with you, our prayer time with you, Lord God, we would again sense your loving embrace for all that's happening in our lives, Lord God, and that we'd be encouraged and strengthened, and Father, and Lord, that it would bear fruit for our own lives and also for the lives of those around us as we step out to encourage others with your great love for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.